I think what we're saying here with everything we've shared today is sexual mastery is the art of deeply listening and responding to what's emerging moment to moment. That's really all it is. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. I am your host, James Marshall, and together with my world-class coaching team, we'll be discussing topics on natural style seduction, masculine, feminine, dynamic, lifestyle design, sexuality, personal change, and so much more. Stay tuned for today's episode. When using the tongue to please a woman, which areas of the body are good to start with to escalate properly? Okay, my note on this is be very judicious with licking, because mm-hmm. licking is... Slabbery licking. Yeah, licking can be a really irritating sensation. So in terms of like using the tongue, don't lick someone's face. Do people lick people's face? Yeah, I've had b- girls, I've had bites, licks, like really annoying stuff. Don't lick inside the ear hole. <laughs> That's an annoying one. So like, Very annoying. I, I, I don't lick girls lots. Like the, I might give her one, maybe occasionally one lick on the neck, but I get, if it's a slobbery lick, it's bad. I'm usually using much like wetter kisses or a little bit of a bite not usually licking. Obviously, the genitals and the the nipples and the breast, yes, but I think also if I was like licking the nipple for a long time, that might not be great. So I'd say that's one of those things which is like a spice, which you'd use occasionally as opposed to all the time. So Definitely find erogenous zones. They're going to be different for different people. The inner thigh, because there's I was explaining how the nerves that make the vulva really come alive, they do stream into the inner thigh area. Then a little bit of light licking or nibbling can bring that on, but too much there also is, isn't great. Definitely skill, like even don't use your tongue like you see it in porn. You want to be able to make out with the pussy versus like doing tongue actions that can be captured on camera because those hard, weird, jetty tongue things usually are not wonderful. But if you're making out with the pussy, like you're actually like French kissing, it's usually a much more effective use of your tongue. Be very aware if you're spiky on the face like exactly. me. you got to like put the lips on and be very aware. Because yeah, if, if I get that and I'm stabbing that oh, into the clitoris. nasty. That's, yeah, imagine someone. But sometimes it's lovely. Yeah, so you, you could, like, it just depends. Yeah, we get scratch. it. Because I know that there are many times where I'm just not aware of it. I'm just like, I'm not. And then, and then I feel a scrape. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot I'm covered in bristles. When talking about refraining from satisfaction and then rewarding, so mm-hmm. orgasm denial, for example, or command, command, reward, you mentioned that it increases the dopamine release. Mm. Will hedonic adaption to sexual experience occur over time? So I, that, I guess that means that you reach a baseline and mm. you baseline. Or do we just trend towards BDSM or more intense sex? And so can you attenuate our pleasure baseline down over the course of a session, days, weeks, month? Okay, that's a really interesting question. So just to paraphrase, if anyone wasn't sure what that meant, and mm-hmm. so I'm sure that I know what it meant. <laughs> so if you have like, a, you know, a smorgasbord of amazing sexual experiences, does that then become vanilla or normal and normalized and therefore you need to add hooks and chains, whips and all sorts of other intense stuff gearing towards maybe BDSM in order to get the same kind of hit, I guess is the question. Well, that is the general path that has been mapped out. There's supposedly no such thing as sex addiction, but whatever that thing is that makes a person less and less satisfied and be more and more intensity, which is basically the entrainment of pornography. Then you go to more extreme porn and then you go into like forbidden things and basically developing even maybe a pedophilic mm-hmm. habit because you've, you've, you've gone to that extreme. Yeah. That, that is like one pathway, but it's it's not actually the only thing that's available. So ancient traditions say like Tantra, real Tantra, not the Neo-Tantra, but the actual practice of that. What you're doing essentially is understanding that, yes, there's going to be peak external experiences through many things that 
make it so your system needs more and more stimulation. So what you need to do is actually at times almost cut that off, go inwardly and amplify pleasure from even just feeling like the breeze on your skin or just a little scent and you start to resensitize your body and becoming aware, paying attention to more subtle cues and that variety of stimulation. So it's not always external and more extreme. Sometimes it becomes more subtle and you have to pay attention more and that helps uh, modulate. And then there's kind of like, you just get to have the whole spectrum instead of just one direction in the spectrum. Yeah, that's why when we're teaching, we teach like subtle arts, tantric arts, mm-hmm. frequency type of sexuality, as well as like the the friction-based or more and more stimulatory sexualities. Yeah, because I've seen that certainly with people in the kink scene mm-hmm. where like, yeah, they need more and more, needs to get wilder and more violent in order to get a rise out of them because, yeah, I think they, they are getting desensitized. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you blend that in with these more subtle re-achievement then like yeah i mean i think i'm kind of intuitively doing that because i mm-hmm. whenever i then go back into the extreme stuff it is feels pretty fresh yes exactly from calvin regarding pauses how long are you talking about two breaths half a minute two minutes ten minutes okay the length of time is not important mm-hmm. don't do a pause like the guy said good girl mm-hmm. right which would be to just stop and just be frozen immobile for some amount of breaths right? that's not what i mean by a pause like think of it more like idling if you had a, a boat or something, that the engine was still like chugging, but it's not going anywhere. So yeah, if I'm pausing with a girl, I still have like a gentle amount of like little bit of hip undulation, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this maybe a little bit of rock. So that means the end of my cock is maybe just doing that gently inside her. So there is still some contact and some movement, but it's but I've minimized it to the point where I'm I'm not in danger of coming, right? So mm-hmm. I can I can gain control of my arousal state. Now we're not distracted by all the moving pieces. So now we can both bring our awareness back into our bodies or into Mm -hmm. our genitals. Mm -hmm. I would also say a nice pause if you're not pulling out and you're still in is if you breathe deeply with the pelvic floor, then what happens is the head of the cock expands and contracts with the breath. And that can feel really nice. So there's not a lot of movement, but you're using that pelvic floor to push blood through the cock. And that creates this almost an electrical pulsing inside and really lovely experience. And it kind of settles the nervous system as well. And builds arousal. So that's something I often do when I'm first, as you call it, seeping, when I call it docking. Yeah. Like when you first put your cock in for the first time, I even if I'm going to move, maybe let's say we're we're having a, it's going to be a really passionate fuck in, in the back of the toilet or something. The first stroke, still, I will take that moment, five seconds maybe, for, to enter and for her body to shift and change around me. And if we have like, then I might move into hard fucking or I might not, but there's always that. Yes. And then, so once I've, that first entrance stroke may take me a minute or so. And then when I finally push it all the way in, then I flex and then I swell the end of it as well. Mm-hmm. So she get that, she's getting that sensation of gradually filling it. And then the last part of it is that it's expanding and swelling, which seems to go. Yes. So don't worry about timing the pauses, like you'll feel it. Sometimes it's just a, a moment and sometimes it is a longer one. Yeah, actually, I, when we were in the class recently, there was a guy, one of the students who'd done a lot of tantra training. He was quite good with that stuff. But what we had one session where the, all they were doing was they had the girls blindfold and they were taking them on a sense journey, right? So they were touching them and leading them and so on to like immerse them. And I could see with him that he was so in his like tantra zone, like he was so in his like pace that he didn't notice that she was bored mm. right? like so he was doing like a really like he was it stopped everything and it was going for really subtle feelings and i could see for a while that she was okay with that but then he was stuck on the pace yeah exactly. he decided that it had to be this pace if you decide that it's two breaths 10 two minutes or whatever you'll be wrong 
Right? You, you need to be able to like have a pause and undulate with a girl. And then, you know, after some breaths, you find that she's getting aroused and she starts pushing back. Okay, maybe it's time to increase. I think what we're saying here with everything we've shared today is sexual mastery is the art of deeply listening and responding to what's emerging moment to moment. That's really all it is. So just if you can start trusting yourself more and really allowing yourself to listen with your body, watch for the signals and relax into what you're receiving and following that. I think we all have erotic intelligence. We just think that we need techniques. And so we can bring that erotic intelligence online a little bit more through the listening and responding. It's kind of like a good dancer. Instead of like being locked into a certain technique and moves, you start listening to each other's bodies and the music and then... If you're enjoying today's episode and you'd like to find out more about the services and information that the Natural Lifestyles provide, then check out our show notes where you'll see links to all of our other resources, including our YouTube channel, TikTok, and most importantly, our workshop schedule. TNL team is constantly on the road, traveling the planet and teaching the world's most high-end, bespoke and personalized coaching workshops for men, teaching you how to date women in everyday situations without the use of cheesy lines or those goddamn apps. Check it out. And now back to the episode. Thomas says, I have a vibrator and my wife almost always asks for, there's a married man on here, get out. No, no. Uh, we always ask married man. But she only wants to lay on it while I penetrate her from behind. She never lets me use it on her and she does not seem to enjoy that. I wonder how I can introduce that in a way that opens more types of play. So yeah, I've seen this before where women have a very particular thing that gets them off, you know, their life lab or something where it's like that's their position and their mode? I think if you decide together as a couple, this isn't going to be quote unquote sex. We're going to do like a pleasure exploration and you frame it in a way like we're just going to play and just see, you know, I just want to explore your body in different ways and I don't need you to have an orgasm. And if you want one, then we can do what works. But for now, let's just see. Especially if you're married and you have sex with the same person over and over again, it is really good to expand the erotic landscape and to frame it that way because we get into ruts and routines sexually, especially women have, like you said, have a very particular way. And if a woman's addicted to a vibrator, it's almost impossible for her to break the routine. So it's actually important that she does because it's really limiting her ability to have a wider spectrum of pleasure. So would you say as a self-tool women, sh- it's not great for them to be using a vibrator every day? Is it Correct. Uh-huh. I have uh, some self pleasuring flows that I teach women and there's a variety of them. Some are just external flows where I'm guiding them to open their bodies in a very different way externally. Some are internal uh, masturbation flows where I'm having them explore. And a lot of women have no idea what their erotic landscape is. They just from the, you know, all they know is the vibrator on the clit and that's it. So it's really important um, if you are with someone you care about and you do want to expand erotically that she also starts to be willing to expand um, her own self-pleasuring because that does translate. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, like that it's not about – because her counter to that, I guess, if she was, if it was a debate, would be this works, this feels good, this other thing doesn't feel as good. So I think that phrasing in the way that it's not about – like us doing the one thing we like, but let's, <laughs> let's explore and, and give it a, giving it a chance too, right? So, exactly. And you can, I guess like some of the things you could talk about how that affects you as well. Like I hope she cares about that, like in terms of it <laughs> turns me on to watch you or I really want to, you know, understand your body better. And that's, I think that's a cool way to, to bring it up as like, this is an experimental play session. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, there's no limit to pleasure. So as you start to explore more and you expand landscapes, you suddenly discover something new. And I have clients, like I said, all the way up into their mid-70s having the best sex of their life because they're continuously 
exploring and expanding with their partner what's mm-hmm. possible. So I love that because it just means you have a lifetime of pleasure versus thinking it's reserved to young people and very specific acts. I notice the navel also sends off an odd tingle when pressed or lightly itched. Could this be incorporated into fingering? Maybe. Yeah. There's a navel, not so much, but there's an area between the navel and just above the pubic bone. There is like some sensitivity, although for some women they don't like it, but if you're inside and you're pressing down on the belly and kind of contacting your fingers, it can create a bit of a current and it can be very, very sexy that way. But don't forget that the labia are very sensitive. There's all the pleasure nerves even go into the inner thighs. They go into the perineum, down around the ass. So don't be afraid to actually play more with a wider range of experience. And a lot of times guys forget that women can come through their nipples. So they almost avoid like they ignore the breast after the foreplay and, mm-hmm. and it's actually nice to include them. Yeah, I think with the breast, you need to really communicate with women. Exactly. Some so don't like variation. it. So much yeah. variation. <laughs> and some, yeah, sometimes you have girls with huge tits, they can't really feel anything. Yeah. Sometimes vice versa. Yeah. So I, I usually will I'll ask the girl pretty early, I'll say, how do you like your breasts touched? And she might say, I'm not sure. And I'll say, okay, do you like this gentle crescent? Do you like them grasped? Do you like the nipple lip? And, and I'll squeeze it and I'll say, you tap me when that's about right. So I'd, you can get these little gauges within mm-hmm. a few seconds. Just And depends on the time of the month. Yes. Right? Immediately before her period, she's usually going to want beast sex. So what she can tolerate pain-wise goes up quite a bit mm-hmm. right before uh, she gets her cycle. That's just a hormonal thing. Have you tracked that in yourself? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's when the walls shake from the screaming. <laughs> so I think it's also, I think. Decibel meter just to, oh, it's that time of the month. Exactly. I think it's great if you know somebody or you understand the female cycle a little bit to even find out where she's at because there's emotional sensitivity at certain parts as well and less in other parts. So. Thank you for listening to the Natural Lifestyles podcast. If you enjoyed our content and you'd like some more, then you can check out our YouTube channel, which is just The Natural Lifestyles. And if you want to find out about our live coaching and online coaching services, including our incredible live dating workshops, sexuality workshops, then you should check out our website, thenaturallifestyles.com. Thanks once again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.